Hey, welcome. Uh, November 18th, Cardinal Cast. I'm on my own again one more week. Uh, don't have Lonnie Watson uh, here with me. And, and we didn't even get on last week uh, to get an update. So I thought I'd jump on real quick this week and um, just share a little bit updates of where we're at at the school. Um, I don't know that we know a lot. Uh, I think we're a lot like the public and we're paying attention to um, news media and what the governor's talking about as far as uh, COVID updates. Um, looking at our data, I, I, I do want to share just real quick, um, and I, I hope you're getting sick of hearing about COVID and, and we're sick of talking about it, but that's the topic. Um, looking at our data, this our school district is still doing extremely well, better than we probably should be doing. I think today um, we have two positive cases throughout the district, uh, K-12, that deal with staff or students. It seems like every time we get one to go off, then a new one comes on. Um, of the two cases, I can't remember how many uh, quarantines. I actually have it up in front of me. I could take a look quick. Um, so I think on quarantines, we have probably six total in the, um, in the district. And just to let you know how protocols work, um, I'll just be honest with you, what's not seen in the, in, the, in the data is that none of the quarantines are in the high school right now. So, um, and that's just because the people who have tested positive um, have been following the protocols. We either have social distancing or we have face masks in use uh, in the classrooms and throughout. And so it hasn't led to any extra quarantines. And we've been very fortunate with that. Um, I do notice our younger students in the high school are not wearing their masks as much as they were just two weeks ago. I'm concerned about that. The older students, I was concerned whether they would continue to wear them, especially after the fall sports seasons ended. And I'm here to tell you they're, they're doing a, a fantastic job. I don't think they've missed a beat. At times, I feel like some of them are wearing the mask more. Um, and, and again, we're kind of out of season, about to start winter sports season. So um, it's looking good in the high school. The quarantines, I think most of them of the six are, are in the elementary buildings because it's just harder. I think it's harder for to get the little ones to wear their masks. Um, lunch is always an, an issue of, of where students are sitting because, of course, you're going to have a mask on to eat a meal. Um, but otherwise, in the high school, um, you know, doing really well, no quarantines at all. And like I said, we only have two cases in the district. One of those is, is uh, in high school uh, or a high school um, person anyway. So that's that. Um, that part has been easy for us. That part, uh, because of students um, following the protocols, um, the staff modeling and following the protocols. That part has been easy for us at, at Shattered Public Schools. Um, I'm speaking for the high school specifically. Um, it's just been, you know, easy as far as the communication from public health saying, hey, here, here's who in your district, here's their return date. Um, and there just hasn't been a lot of extra quarantines that aren't needed. I kind of sense that if the cases kind of continue to um, flare up and, and again, Right now, uh, they're not hitting the schools very hard, but if they flare, I do have a concern that we will have some bigger quarantines because of some of our young students. Um, and I'm not going to speak for the other buildings, but for this building, I noticed mostly at the, some freshmen and sophomores, more freshmen than sophomores, that all of a sudden they, uh, they must be bored by it. Um, I don't know what the case is. And so we do, they're, they're good about it in the classroom. They'll take a, a, a seat towards the back or on the side of the classroom so we can kind of get some spacing. But um, some of our classrooms, as you can imagine, just don't allow for the six-foot spacing. And so 
Uh, we're doing what we can there. The, the concern is, is probably the, the winter sports, the activities as well. Um, watch the one-act performance, and that's a fantastic <clears throat> performance. A group of students, they won Western Conference this last week. Um, they've got a little, not a competition this weekend, but they performed this weekend um, out of district uh, to get some critiques before uh, districts. And then at districts, there's in York. Um, because they were a runner-up last year, all the runner-ups in the state got mixed and was put in other districts, and we drew the B4 district. And so schools are dry, dry, traveling at most 50 miles to the York district, and we're traveling over 400 miles, and, and those are things we can't control. Um, but we're really hoping that none of these um, state mandates get any tighter than they are already so that that, uh, that group has a chance to perform at a, at a higher level. So, um, again, it's just so important. Um, parents, community members, um, if, you, if you would support us a little bit by wearing masks, encouraging masks with your children, um, I, I just think it's going to help us out a great deal. We hosted our middle school wrestling tournament last weekend. It went really well. We um, asked everyone if you if if the um, what do they call it if the people in your household. So of the participants for winter sports right now, only family members that live in the household are allowed to come and watch these activities. And so one example of that last weekend was the middle school wrestling tournament here. And so we limited attendance, and we did a live stream um, that was available so you could watch both mats the entire time. You had track wrestling scoreboard on there. Um, but we just kind of limited the attendance. The, the fans, the parents sat on one side of the gym. The participants were on the other side. And, and if you were in the gym, you're, you, had, you were required to wear a mask, um, which is kind of a, one of the state directives uh, right now as well. So it worked, it worked pretty good. Um, I can see moving ahead, it's not going to surprise me if they limit attendance even more until the data comes back into check. So right now, I do, I do believe that uh, the panhandles, like any other part in the state, just has a lot of cases right now. In our community, you know, when we see the, we get the same data that you see um, with the public through Panhandle Public Health, but we also get to see our own school data and the school data we've had has just been really good. And, and I think this week is an example of that last week was no different. We might've had two cases in the district and half a dozen quarantines. And, and like I said, right now we, uh, in the high school itself, we don't have anyone quarantined, uh, any students is quarantined right now from the high school, uh, which is just pretty amazing. So we do watch the data in, in districts around us through the panhandle because I just worry that something's going to change. The, the directives are going to um, come out again after November 30th, and we're just curious what that's going to look like. We're hearing the same thing you are, that there's possibilities. Uh, we know Lincoln or Lancaster County, uh, they're at Lincoln. Uh, they're shutting down all their activities for um, K-12 um, extracurricular activities until, uh, I, I think it's a three-week. Um, they're taking off until December 7th or something like that. Um, so there's just this concern. We have a, a state education group that's um, trying to shut down activities. I think they'd like to have them shut down until maybe after Christmas break. So I don't know where it's going. All I know is we're doing our best to protect our data, to protect our students and staff, and it appears to be working. And um, our, the students, I don't, I don't think, have had much for symptoms, knock on wood. Um, even the staff, I'm, you know, I was one of those, as, as many of you know, that tested positive earlier this semester and 
Um, so far, it's, um, it's an inconvenience, it's a fatigue, it's you know, loss of taste and smell and those things, but it hasn't, for this younger population that we have in our schools um, with these students, it really, it, so far, has been pretty mild. That, you know, I can just informally report that to you. So, but we're concerned that it might cause a crunch to, to um, slow down some opportunities or put things on hold. And the, the main group I'm most concerned about right now is the One Act group because they, they, they're, they're the next uh, activity that has district competition coming up. Um, I think we moved to the Rotary Basketball Tournament. It's just a two-day, four schools come and compete for varsity boys and girls. Um, that announcement will be made um, was already made actually this morning, but we'll uh, promote that a little more. That'll be just moved from the CSC Chicoin Center to um, our facilities here at the middle school gym. Um, we're waiting to see about uh, one of our biggest events we host is a wrestling tournament in January. So that's just right now it's on, it's on, um, but we'll just kind of see how the, how the holidays go and, and how this winter season um, is impacted with people indoors more. So that's a lot about COVID, and unfortunately, that that's a topic. It's an important topic that we've been watching and seeing um, how that might have an impact. Um, and as we learn of changes, we'll pass those along. But um, it's just kind of an interesting one. Um, outside of that, and, and I'll be honest, COVID is just extremely time-consuming, and a lot of decisions and those things are, are happening. Um, but outside of that... I kind of want to take this chance to let you know what, what schools look like. So I posted a video. It was on the Facebook. We put it on our um, Twitter account as well. It, it's posted on the, the Shadron HS YouTube channel of me walking around with my phone, just taking some quick videos of what different classrooms look like. Here's what, here's what it looked like um, you know, in, the, in a fitness class, lifting weights. Here's what it looked like in PE in the gym. Here's what it looked like in a math room. Here's what it looked like in an English room. So I spent about 15, 20 minutes one day just walking around getting a few clips and then got busy. And it was a couple days later before I got back to it. So I just did about another 15, 20 minutes and kind of put it together. And I had an audio piece that Jeremy Anderson, thank you, Jeremy, um, that joined me on to do a promotion to, to support the need for us to wear face masks right now, because that's what's keeping our quarantines down. And hopefully it's helping our data too, because our, our cases have been few. Um, but it gives you an idea of what schools look like now. And in schools from the outside, I'm just going to be honest, if you used to walk around in the building, it would look very familiar. Everyone's doing the same thing. You might see desks are spread out a little bit more in a classroom, but everyone's wearing a face mask. And I shouldn't say everyone. Again, we've got students that choose not to um, because they can at this time. Um, but otherwise, it looks like a teacher up front teaching in a face mask. It looks like students at their desks. It looks like, you know, they're on their Chromebooks. It Everything kind of looks normal, and, and what I want the public to be aware of is that it takes a lot of work underneath the surface to, to make that happen, and what, what isn't seen is the work of, of teachers. Um, one real quick example is we chose to have an online opportunity for students uh, or families that did not want their children in the schools this semester, and so we have at-home learners, and our teachers don't do anything to support that program. It's it's encapsulated. Uh, it's a, a high-quality program. It's accredited, um, but our teachers don't have to do anything with those programs. Um, it, it, it's self-supported with virtual teachers that are part of videos and supplemental materials. So we took that remote learning off of the the plate of our teachers, 
But the part that we can't take off is the number of absences every day. So I'd guess on average we have anywhere from, you know, short days or smaller amounts would be from five absences up to 10, 15 of students that are that have symptoms and they don't not necessarily going to be positive with COVID, but anyone that's ill, we don't want them at school. And so all of those students are staying home and we're exempting the attendance. So what does that mean? Well, that means our teachers had to learn how to set up uh, Google Classroom accounts for students to access materials and online documents. And so what happens during the day that you can't see as you're walking around is the 15 to 20 students gone every day. It's just this expectation now that those students are all emailing their teacher each day asking for the homework asking for you know just any communication that needs to take place getting the online assignments which means the teacher has to get on the online assignments as well um, to grade and process and 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 kind of keep track of and it just takes a lot more work this year from teachers uh, than it has any year in the past because in the past a student would be gone it's the student's responsibility to get the makeup work when they return or get the work ahead of time before a prearranged well, all that work's being done during the absence this year and so uh, teachers are putting in a lot of time that they're thank goodness we don't have them uh, worried about the the online at-home learners but every day every day if you had a class of 20 students there's probably three students that are not there each day and it's a different three and teachers are trying to do the communication piece and and um, uh, grading assignments um, turning in the virtual assignments the online documents um, and just constantly uh, checking the progress of those students and trying to keep them up to date and so that's really been a challenge the other thing is we of course had staff that have had symptoms and had to stay home or we've had staff that initially were quarantined we're now a quarantined teacher is considered an essential employee so they can come to school and they're self-monitor but they can still do their job um, but we have uh, teachers that have tested positive as well so we have a lot more absences in our staff and that goes with our paraeducators maintenance custodians and, and, and teachers as well and so when a teacher is gone or a para is gone it takes someone to sub and we had a shortage of subs just like the most of the state did last year and this year most of our older subs that were retired people coming into the schools, well, they're not going to want to come in um, and risk um, um, exposure to a virus. And so a lot of our retired substitutes um, have not been doing substitute teaching this year, and I think that's a common theme across the nation. So what was already a substitute shortage has become a significantly smaller uh, group of people that can sub for us. And then you have increased absences from staff that need subs this year. And that's been the other challenge that's, that's been kind of hidden that you don't see if you was just walking through the school is when a teacher finally gets to their planning period, they really might leave their classroom and they go sub for their colleague who is gone that day. Um, so they're, they're not getting their planning period sometimes. I have subbed more than I ever have this year uh, doing the same thing the teachers are is, when we can and we we don't force anyone to do that but um, you know teachers are pretty tight it's a tight family and so they've been trying to cover for each other and I can tell as the semester has gone on that's just been that, that's a, a hard task it's just been a lot of work um, that I think you wouldn't see um, from the outside looking in is how often teachers have to communicate with absent students that's daily where they have to communicate via email Google Classroom Google Drive 
Uh, and then on top of that, when they get to a planning period, there's a, there's a good chance they're giving up planning periods throughout the week to cover for other staff that are gone. And we're a high school. A lot of our absences are because of activities, um, especially being uh, as, as rural or in the geographic area that Shadron is. We travel a great distance, so we have to leave during school, during the afternoon, miss school time so that we can uh, participate in a 5 o'clock start of a game um, somewhere else in the, in the panhandle. So... Um, I just kind of wanted to share that a little bit. Just um, um, it's a lot of work, but it, at the same time, it's it's impressive walking through the school and seeing just um, how normal it almost feels, minus face masks being worn. So I, I thought that was worth sharing. Just want to kind of get on and, and say a thank you to the teachers. Let you know that um, th they are working hard and. and dang it! I mean, just I'm so thankful to be in the community we're in. Um, I, I think most of you know. I, None of us want to wear a face mask. That hasn't, it's just the silliest thing to think that, that we want to walk around wearing these face masks. We do it. I do it because it's my job and it's, it's where I work. And, um, and I don't want to create more spread than, than, than is needed. Um, but it's just amazing how many students um, have just really done a great job of, of providing the leadership and leading the charge and, uh, with our protocols. Um, and the biggest thing I'm proud of is the data. The data shows that it's that it's been working for us. We've been very fortunate. And again, we look at um, data from other school districts. I look at it um, several times a week, if not daily, just to kind of see if there's an increase in different communities. And, and I always look and see what the quarantines are in those schools as well. Because if you have one case in a school and you have 25 quarantined, that's a good sign that their protocols were not quite in place. And so classrooms are getting quarantined because of a positive case. Um, and I've just been very fortunate that um, since the start of the school year, we just haven't had that. So I, I hope that continues. Uh, help us support that. We have Thanksgiving break coming up. And so my, my point this week is I want to make sure our staff stay, health, stay healthy and students stay healthy so that um, we're going to, some of them will be seeing grandparents and, and getting to spend time with family that, um, you know, outside of their homes. And we just want to make sure that we're continuing to model and do what we can so that we can all go into Thanksgiving break healthy and we can return healthy um, and do our part to help stop this spread. So if you haven't seen the video, please, um, maybe I'll repost it after this, um, this afternoon, but take a look at our social media accounts, Facebook, uh, or Twitter and check out that video so you can see what schools look like in the era of COVID. So next week, I hope to have Mrs. Watson back. Um, there's been a lot of fun things that we've done, including a universal screener that we did with all students last week. Um, just a lot going on. I mean, it's been super busy. So uh, I just want to wish everyone a uh, happy Thanksgiving break. It's, it's well earned. We can't wait for it to get here so we can kind of pause and uh, be with family and, and, and express some thanks uh, 2020 has been a rough year, but truthfully, there's a lot to be thankful for, for many of us still. So with that, thanks for joining. Um, really appreciate it. Go cards and have a great week.